Fab. Thank you. Let me uh, start. I was telling some of the others, they've already heard this story, but I'm just going to tell it again because it's such fun. I was invited. I'm, I'm Chris Kimmons, but oh, there you go. That's who I am. Uh, on podcasts, that'll work really badly. Hi, I'm Chris, and I have the pleasure and privilege of leaving this place. <laughs> um, anyway, I was doing an assembly this week. I sometimes go into schools and do assemblies, and I was invited in to do a year five uh, and six assembly, and I get given, at this particular school, I get given the topic, and the topic was the parable of the sower. Now, the trouble with the parable of the sower is Jesus finishes by saying, let he who has ears, let him hear. And I thought, how do you explain that to, to a year five, six? I thought, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to literally tell the parable. We'll go from there. So I got some pots from home and I filled one pot with weeds. I went outside my house, found some weeds. They weren't in my garden, as it happens. But anyway, I found some weeds, put them in a pot. Uh, and then I found some compost, put that in a pot. And then I found some stones um, like, uh, like pebble stones with some, a little bit of soil in there. And then I found a brick. So the brick was the rock. You can imagine. So I lined them all up. I held them all up. What have we got in this? That last. I said, right. This is a church school. I said, right. This is not to knock the school. It was just, I could afford to do this. I said, anyone got any idea which parable of Jesus we're going to talk about this morning? Anyone at all? Yes. Creation, it's good. I like the answer creation, but no. I have got a lot of the right parts to make up the story of creation, but no, we're not doing okay. Anyone else, what parable of Jesus would need all these? Yes, Jack and the Beanstalk. <laughs> I later got an email from the, uh, from the chaplain saying, I'm off to get myself a Bible with Jack and the Beanstalk in it. <laughs> Uh, it was fun. Now, I'm going to teach you a skill. And some people spend years studying this skill, but you are going to be really good at it pretty much straight away. Now, you're probably just going to need to stand, if you don't mind. If you can, just stand for a moment. Don't worry, it's not massively energetic, but it does involve some slight movement. Okay, so, have any of you ever done conducting before? I don't mean electricity, I mean... <laughs> I mean, of a, like an orchestra or any, I mean, hardly, oh, a few. Okay, like two or three, brilliant. Okay, so, when you conduct, I'm going to go up a level, hope the cameras will manage. Um, when you conduct, you, you basically count the beats out. Okay, so for me, the right way round, for me, this is the wrong way round for you, you'll go one, two, like a capital T, three, four, like an upside down capital T. So you go down, left. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Now, you have to do it the other way around. So I'm now about to do it wrong so that it's right for you, okay? So you, you can do this. You can point. You can do what you like. You can do that. Like, you can do it how you want. You just go down. Then it's that way for you. Left, back across, and then up. So like this. Way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. Now, if you come to Ashford Sings, you can watch me do this and totally ignore me, because that's what most people do. <laughs> Miracle. Okay, you've got it. We're coming back to that later on. You may take a seat. Very good. Very good. Okay, we're starting a, a brand new series, as you will see, that is called 
that is called, can we put it up, is that right? I can't make it first appear. Yeah, waiting on God. Uh, It'll come up in a minute. It's called Gifts for Bringing Life. I can see it, you can't. But anyway, it's called Gifts for Bringing Life, trust me. Um, So anyway, the next slide... I'm going to talk you through them. The next slide says, there it is, gifts. Uh, the next slide says, gifts. Um, so this series, we've got about six weeks, something like that in this series. And we are looking effectively at, the, at spiritual gifts. Uh, so we are just going to unpack that right from the beginning. And then we're actually going to do some of this. So when God gives gifts to people, I know we talk about practical gifts and some of those things. But... They're often called spiritual gifts. Um, Most of them are, in fact, pretty much all of them are abstract nouns. In other words, they're not things, they're not stuff you can touch, but they they are gifts nonetheless. So imagine that, now this is a dream, but FFX Tool Shop up the road. Thank you. Or DeWalt or something like that. And God says, I'm going to give you the use of any of these tools. Yes, exactly, right? Now, if you want to do some drilling, there is no point having a circular saw. It's really not going to help you. Different tools do different jobs. This is basic stuff, right? You still with me? Okay, now if if ever you've gone in FFX and you've just like dribbled at the tools, you'll know if you're like, what is he talking about? Think makeup, think cookery shop. I don't know whatever works for you. But the point is, there are certain tools that you need when you're cooking or when you're doing DIY or something. You need specific tools to do specific jobs. And most people who have a whole bunch of DIY tools have that tool that they frankly probably only use every three years. But boy, is it worth it when you have to get that tool out and use it because nothing else will do. This is a little bit what it's like with God's spiritual gifts. They are gifts given for us to be able to do a job. That's what they're there for. They're in order to. So the gifts have been given in order to. So tools to help his church grow strong and be mature and to have the desired impact in the world. So that's what the tools are for. They're for us to mature and grow and meld together and to be able to have impact and bring life to the world as we wish to. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As we often say, if we don't see it in heaven, we don't want to see it on earth. If we do see it in heaven, we do want to see it on earth. So just to clarify, a couple of things. Some people talk about spiritual fruits. That's a different thing. Spiritual fruits are great. Fruits are grown. This is not profound. You've all got like trees or something. Most of you will have seen an apple tree or a pear tree. I've just hacked my pear tree back to within an inch of its life. Desperate to get a pear off it this year that is actually edible. Um, But they are grown over a period of time. So when you look at the um, fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, they are grown over a period of time. We're not going into those. So these aren't something that are grown. These are gifts that are given. Now, it doesn't mean that like a tool that I've just got from FFX Tool Shop, it doesn't mean that I don't need to learn how to use it. Because you do obviously need to learn how to use that tool. 
And I remember once, I really, um, I, I really wanted, <laughs> that's not actually true, let me correct that, but maybe that was true. Um, I had to get a um, chainsaw. Um, <laughs> I had to, I mean, it's like nothing else would do. I tried a screwdriver, it just wasn't working. Um, and natural fact, I went, I went to hire one and they said I had to go to this safety briefing and everything else. I thought, I'll oh, stuff that, I'll buy one from Argos and then flog it on eBay. So that's what I did. Honestly, I saved myself a fortune, and I've still got all my fingers. Look at that. It was amazing. It was fun. Anyway, uh, the point is that gifts are given, but you do have to learn how to use them. Fruits are grown. We're not dealing with fruits. We're dealing with gifts. So here is a list of pretty much most of the spiritual gifts that you will find. Now, you will find that most of these, in fact, pretty much all of these, aren't a thing. You can't really touch them. But you can see that principle of they are used to build up the church and transform the world. That was really good. I didn't write that down. I should have done. Build up the church and transform the world. That's what spiritual gifts are for. What are they for? Yeah, well done. You even managed to change the tents. Um, okay, so these, uh, and today we're looking predominantly at prophecy. Often, yes, thank you, often misunderstood, but anyway. So we're going to start here. Now, this won't mean a thing to you, uh, and I appreciate it won't, because none of you were there. This is actually um, John Mumford, who used to oversee Vineyard in the UK, VCUKI. And this, not that you will know that, but this was taken on my phone back when camera phones were really bad. This was dated the 16th of October 2008. And Nick and I are very reluctantly at church planting school. We didn't want to be there. So I am actually in this photo. We are in a hotel in, on the outskirts of Leicester. Nick and I hadn't wanted to go in the slightest. We didn't want to plant a church. Um, but God basically set us up to go. That's another story. I haven't got time to go into it. Now, what they did is during our time there, this, everyone in the room had either just planted a church or was just about to plant a church, except Nick and me. We didn't even really quite know why we were there, and we were there very reluctantly. We had no intention of planting a church whatsoever, and we only really went because Steve and Juliet Barber asked us to go, and then God provided the money and leave from work, etc., etc. So this wasn't the moment, but there came a moment where people went forward and gave their vision for the church that they're just planting or are about to plant. And everyone else in the room, there's uh, 30, 40 people in the room, maybe 30. Everyone else in the room is supposed to critique the vision and say, I love the way you say that, but actually that bit's not very clear. Why don't you think about this? That kind of thing. So a number of people did it. And then Juliet, who was on the front row, turned around and called us. We were trying to skulk as far back as we could and said, come on, you two. We said, no, we're not coming. She went, come on, come and give your vision. We're like, we haven't got a vision. She said, come on, up you come. No one else is moving. Like She's literally talking to us and everyone's listening to this whispered conversation where we said, we haven't even got a vision. Like that. She said, come on, in that case, just come and tell people about the kind of church you want to be a part of. Like, right. So we did. We came up and we said, well, we want a place 
We want to be part of a church where everybody is welcomed, where people don't have to perform in order to feel a part of it, when they, maybe they're not even sure what they believe, but they can be a part of it anyway. Anyway, where we see God move and transform lives and blah, 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 and we just went off on one. Then what happened was quite special because everybody began to critique us. Not a difficult job. It wasn't exactly rehearsed in any way, shape or form. And even as Nick and I were saying some of the stuff, we thought, wow, didn't, didn't know I thought that, but okay. And what began to happen is in the room, rather than people critique us, people began to prophesy over us instead. And I will explain that in just a second. I can picture Steve Barber, who, he won't be watching this, but this is, Steve does this thing. For those who know him, he does that thing when he's thinking. Like that. And he said, I can picture him to this day. I'm stood at the front, he's sat there, and he said, have you noticed how there's a shift in the room from critique to prophecy? And we had 13 different words given to us from God that basically changed the course of our life. And in those 13 words was, you're called to church plant, you're called to church plant, you're called to bring transformation. No, 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 like this. Nick and I, after that, the session carried on, Nick and I excused ourselves and we went and sat in the bar I had a cup of tea. I don't know what Nick had, but she needed something. And uh, it wouldn't have been a cup of tea. And honestly, we sat there not saying a word. Like, what just happened? We were totally ambushed. Frankly, we weren't impressed. We made it really clear to God. Um, So this isn't all of them, and you won't be able to read them particularly. That's not massively relevant. But what we did afterwards was we asked people... And we got them back off some people. We didn't get all 13. But we said, can you please write down what you felt you heard from God? Uh, and they did. And so, I, funnily enough, I refound this sheet only within the last six months. Wow. And I, I read them all through. And the key word, and we weren't actually given it here, but the key word that God spoke because this is the power of prophecy, was you didn't choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you to go, in brackets, to Ashford and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And that is from John chapter 15, verse 16. God says, you haven't chosen me, I've chosen you. Listen, I've singled you out to go to Ashford and bear fruit. I need someone to go and start bearing some more fruit in Ashford. Not that other churches aren't doing it. I need you to go and do this. Bear fruit, fruit that will last. It was a prophetic word. It was a word from God that changed the course of, dare I say, your lives too. You're all here, right? Yeah, 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 I know that feeling. Uh, Let's go with it. Let's go with it that we are. Um, So we're going to come back to some of that in a second. But listen, the important thing about gifts is, I don't know whether you've noticed, but the nature of gifts is they're not earned. You can't earn a gift. If you earn a gift, it's called a salary or pay. So while they're not earned, they are freely available to us. However, while we can't do anything to earn them, 
we do have to position ourselves to receive them. Now, I, I haven't got, I haven't got, I need like a stack of tennis balls or something. Um, and so it's a little bit like this. If I, if Chris, which he won't because I don't want him to for a minute, but were to come and stand there and I got a pot of tennis balls and I was just lobbing stuff at him like this, well, Chris is sat over there. So he's not getting any of them because he's not positioned right to receive the things I'm giving. Do you see that? In much the same way, God says, well, basically, I filled your bank account with all the gifts, but if you never actually go to the cash machine and make a withdrawal, you could be a millionaire and live like a spiritual pauper. But we're not talking about, this isn't about money. You get what I'm saying? Okay. So... In that case, how do we position ourselves? What does that look like to position ourselves to be able to operate and use those spiritual gifts that were on the screen a couple of screens back? Because if they're available to us all, how, how, can I, how, how, how do I use them then? Like, where do I go to get one? Do I have to go and get one? FFX. <laughs> do they have a special section? Yeah. Well, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? See, I've gone there. I've gone there. I'm back. I'm back in the room. So... We have to invest. One of the things we have to do, they all start with investing. I've got four things. Investing in what God sounds like. You are going to struggle to operate in a spiritual gift if you don't invest in hearing what God sounds like. Because, guess what? Every spiritual gift that God gives is meant to be used in relationship with him. Not independently. That's really crucial. God is not going to give you a gift that you can run off with and not have relationship with him because he's desperate for a relationship. So you can try and do it. It's exhausting. You also need to invest, we all do, in learning how God thinks. Now it says um, somewhere, it might be Exodus, back in the Old Testament, that the Israelites knew God's deeds, but Moses knew his ways. I know what God's like. And you have to invest a bit. This is one of the key ways. A Bible. Read. What's God like? This is where God reveals one of the main ways. Not the only way. One of the main ways God reveals what he's like. Also, you have to be willing to invest in the private place with God and then take a risk in the public place. Nearly every spiritual gift involves a risk. And you just have to, you just have to take a punt. If it's wrong, we'll just laugh. And... We have to invest in listening out for the voice of the Spirit. Now, I know we say this quite a lot. If you leave everywhere five minutes later than you should have done, I'm telling you now, you're probably hardly ever going to hear from the Holy Spirit. Because all you are doing is getting frustrated with people in front of you. No, I've never done this, obviously. Getting frustrated with people in front of you. You pick the wrong queue at the traffic lights. You get like that, and like God's, I got, if you left 10 minutes early, I had someone at the bus stop who just needed a smile. And some of these things. So it is quite a challenge that we need to invest in what God sounds like, invest in learning how he thinks, invest in the private place and then take a risk in the public place, and invest in just listening out. What's the Holy Spirit saying right now? Okay, let's keep you now on the time. Good, yes, we're all right just for a minute. Now, 
In 2 Peter, right at the very end of the New Testament, it says this, No true prophecy comes from human initiative, but is inspired by the moving of the Holy Spirit upon those who spoke the message that came from God. This is key. So this is what prophecy is. It is a message that comes from God that is spoken by a human inspired by the Holy Spirit. So basically, essentially, I... I, for a minute, I will hear God speak. It might be an impression. It might be a picture, like an impression. I I feel like, Christians, they love their feels. Um, I feel like, or uh, I believe God said, or you might literally hear like a voice, like a thinking voice. You might see something written over someone's head. And I've never, literally never had that. But people do have it. They see a word written over someone's head. Never had that. Never seen an angel either uh, that I know of. Although Nick is pretty close. Thank you. I hope you're watching, Nick. Love you. Anyway, um, <laughs> so the, um, that's not in my notes either. Anyway, so it is, comes from God, spoken through humans, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And this is absolutely key. The Greek word, I'll tell you while we're here, prophetuo, means to utter forth, to declare a thing which can only be known by divine revelation. So it's to speak something that you could have only really known from God. Speak something that comes from God. Okay? Now, this is the key. This slide here. Those who prophesy speak to people for their three words. Learn them, learn them, learn them, learn them. Strengthening, encouragement, comfort. Okay, they are the three key attributes of biblical prophecy. I know that there is the office of a prophet, um, and my word, we need those. We're coming on to that in just a second. However, I know with the office of a prophet, there are sometimes that I knew a lady who definitely had the gift of prophecy. This was 20 years ago. Every single word she gave was correction, rebuke. Doom, gloom, end of the world is nigh. God loves you, but it's all a bit reluctant, and so on and so on and so on. And actually, what ended up happening with this lady, I wasn't, I wasn't her pastor, I was in that church, and one of the pastors, thankfully I didn't have responsibility for her, because I actually got to the stage where she'd give me a bit of paper, I'd take it home and shove it in the bin. She's like, well, it's not even biblical, so just, just stop giving it to me. And we tried telling her. It's got to be for strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. That's what it's for. Now, it doesn't mean that God never speaks to say, like this morning, I felt prompted by God to say, I believe there are some people here who may be having an affair or thinking about having an affair, and God says, don't do it. God's trying to strengthen you and encourage you. That's all God's trying to do. It's not a rebuke, although there are times God rebukes. So that's what it's for, strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Now, can anyone prophesy? Thanks, Ruth. That is the answer. Next slide. Uh, I'll just get you up here. You're great. Uh, So... It has to be by the Holy Spirit. So you need the Holy Spirit. But in the Old Testament, people didn't have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit didn't make a home in them. But the Holy Spirit came on people and they were able to prophesy. So 
I think that's probably still the case. But nevertheless, if you have the Holy Spirit, without a doubt, you have all spiritual gifts available to you. The whole of FFX is at your disposal. Again. And some people say, there is a passage, we haven't now got time to go into it, but you're welcome to jot it down, look it up. 1 Corinthians 12, in the New Testament, verses 4 to 11, it says in that passage about, to some, the Holy Spirit gives this. To some, the Holy Spirit gives that. To others, he gives the gifts of tongues. To others, he gives the gifts of this. And then people say, I haven't got, I haven't got that gift. But that's a common misconception about that part of scripture, that passage, what Paul was saying was, you're all prophesying, you're all speaking in tongues, you're all doing it all, at the it's just blooming bedlam, it's not actually building anyone up, and Paul says, it's supposed, supposed to be for strengthening, encouragement, and comfort, and at the moment it's more like a, a zoo, so he was actually speaking specifically to that church to say, listen, listen, in the context of worship, or, or a time together like this, He'll give some a, a tongue, another language to be able to speak out. He'll give some the gift of this, some the gift of that. I mean, I love administrators, right? But we don't need a world full of administrators. D- do we? No, no, okay. No, it wasn't a trick question. Like, <laughs> I mean, we really need some, though. So the answer is, can anyone prophesy? Yes, absolutely, anyone can. And I've mentioned briefly, I know there is the office of a prophet, and I don't mean a room, uh, you know, office door. Is this the prophet? A prophet, the office of a prophet, pastor, evangelist, apostle, etc., that is someone tried, true, and tested over a period of time. And God raises them up as a mouthpiece to speak into the life of the church. I was watching a video only a few days ago of Sean Bolt. There's Chris Vallotton. Cindy Jacobs, Rebecca King, more locally. There, there are a number of prophets. They are tried and true. They are wonderful. And they are unique. So there is stacks to be said about prophesying. You can look in the Old Testament how it worked. You can read them like Isaiah, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah. These aren't made up words. They're books in the Bible. Look them up. Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. What about the people who prophesied that Trump would get him for another term in office? What happened there? Are they false prophets? Did it just not happen? Does everything that gets prophesied automatically happen? I mean, haven't we have predicted however many times that the end of the world is nigh and we keep going past those dates? And what's a seer? Like people speak about being a seer because they see things. And there is so much and we cannot possibly cover it. However, it remains a little bit like a musical instrument. It's useless unless used. Three U's, useless unless used. So you can prophesy, good for you, unless you prophesy, so what? I've got a big fat drill in my garage, so what? Unless I'm using the drill, it is literally pointless, is it not? It it has no function whatsoever. And the lovely thing about God's kingdom is the way it works is you could have a car that's worth 30,000 
And God says, well, if you never drive it and you never use it for my benefit, then that thing is worthless in my eyes. Because that's the way it works in God's kingdom. Things have their worth by their value to him. Okay, you can write that one down. Think about it later. So earlier on, I got you doing this. I got you conducting. Now, I don't know how many times I've done this. I'll be doing it again tonight, Ashford Tings. Actually, I spend more time going like that. Or, or anything like that, or like that, or I do that for just keep it short, all these kind of things. Because actually, the conductor's job really is to bring out the best in the performance. However, this simple. I was at music college years and years and years ago, and the head of music said, I want you to conduct a little chamber orchestra for Monteverdi's Beatus Via. Didn't even like it, I'd never heard of it. I bought the Naxos CD of it, heard it, and thought, oh, gosh, I really don't like this. It's not my favourite music at all. And I said, I have no idea how to conduct. And he said, can you count to four? Yes. Can you beat four? Well, I was like, well, I've been through my music theory exam, so of course I could beat four. He said, great. Go and have a go. He said, I could give you books and books and books and books on conducting, but you're never going to learn how to conduct until you're stood in front of an orchestra trying to get them to do what you want. And it's much the same with prophesying. You can read books and books and books and books and books and books on it. But nothing is going to beat having a go. So that's what we're going to do. So on your table, tables, on your chairs, you should have a piece of paper. Can we have the house lights up, please? Brilliant, thank you. Now, this might sound a bit scary. I will say now, I would love you to have a go. But of course there is no obligation. But this is a safe space. If you get it wrong, don't worry about it. Okay? So I'd love you to have a go, but please don't feel the pressure. Now what I would love you to do is... um, How does that work? It doesn't quite work, does it? Just have a little look around the room. And and God... I'm going to ask that God... Well, in fact, God, please, just point someone out. So just have a look around the room and just see if someone catches your eye. Just literally now, this, this, you know, we're started. Just have a look. Don't worry about a, a, a message or anything. Literally, like, who catches my eye? It could be because you like their jumper. It could be, oh, it's you, I haven't seen you for ages. Anything, it doesn't matter what it is. Okay, hopefully you found someone that's caught your eye. Now... Just ask God for something to say to them that strengthens, encourages, and or comforts. This is what it might be like. It might be literally just a phrase pops into your head. It might be a song lyric comes into your head. I've done that before. Gave someone a bit from the Bible. Couldn't remember where it was in the Bible. Ended up having to go away and say, I find it in the Bible. Turns out it was a song. But it didn't matter. It's no bother. It might be a picture that you have. Wow, microphone's hurting me today. It could be a feeling, like a sense of, wow, just this or anything. We don't need any Holy Spirit pads or anything. We can just, God's just at work. So what I would love you to do 
is just come up with something that strengthens, encourages, comforts. Just say, God, give me something for this person. God wants to say, I like your shirt. Uh, (laughs) It doesn't mean God wouldn't say that, but... Now, what I will say is this. If, you're, if you feel like you're struggling, my guess is, within some reason, it may well be one of the first things that came into your head that you have dismissed as being, oh, as if, or, oh, that's too silly, or, well, it's not going to be that, is it, or that thing. Risk it. Take a chance. It is our responsibility to try to give the word, the prophetic word that encourages. Funnily enough, it's not massively our responsibility to get it right. It's our responsibility to give what we've got. And then it's incumbent, ooh, good word, incumbent upon the person receiving it to just take it before God and say, this person's just said, yellow wallflowers. Now you might have given, oh, that's a good word. You, someone might have, you might have had pictured yellow wallflowers and thought, as if that could be from God. You have no idea what that might mean to the person that, you've just, that you're potentially giving that to. I'll give you about another minute. I know we're slightly overrunning, but we're nearly there. Okay, you are not, in a minute we're going to hand the piece of paper over, you can just fold it in half if you like, because often they are, I would consider a prophetic word generally, if it's to an individual, I would use the word private. It's not like strictly confidential, but it's like, if it's for that person, it's for that person. Now sometimes words are more public or they're more, what I would say, corporate, as in it's for more than one. But if God has, if you've eyed someone and seen them, then this is for them. So just fold it in half. And in a minute, we're going to finish and we're going to go and hand it to the person. And there is a word you are not allowed to say. Sorry. (laughs) I'm listening, all right? I'm listening. No sorries in here, all right? There's nothing to be sorry for. You have no idea. The thing you've just written down might absolutely unlock something for them. I saw a picture of three digestives and a custard cream. I don't know. That might, be, might mean something to someone equally. They might just go, great. Like that. So strengthening, encouraging, comfort. Now, you've got one minute, please, to go and find the person and very quickly come back to your seat. Go. It's like Christmas. Oh, thanks, Ruth. (laughs) Brilliant. 
I love it because we come here, one of the reasons we meet and gather on a Sunday, one of the purposes of church is that we equip people. We're a family on a mission where we encounter God and we equip people to see God's kingdom come. That's what we want. And this is one of the ways it can happen. This is a fairly safe space because many people in here will have a relationship with God already and they will expect you to be slightly doolally. So it's okay. (laughs) It's okay. And then gradually you get up some practice and you start working this out at Lidl and in the bus stop and all those kind of things. But anyway, we're going to pray. Thank you, Father, that the whole of FFX is available to us. All the spiritual gifts that we need are available. And God, there might be some that we are better at because we're just, it's more naturally wired for us or we've worked on it over a period of time or something. But I thank you that we can do this stuff. I thank you that we can strengthen people, encourage people, We can make them feel like valued and comforted and believed in because, God, that is how you speak to us. So I pray that these prophetic words, we'd love to hear some stories from them, but I pray that these these words from people that they feel they have heard from you will bring life to people. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast today, and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org, or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week, and know just how loved you are.